You're listening to Be Still and Grow, a GCC Ladies podcast with Catherine, Heather, and Nicole, where we dive into deep theological topics and real life issues through the art of conversation. So take a seat at the table with us. Hello, hello, hello. Yep, yep, hello. <laughs> so I'm guessing it's here to stay, me saying this. Yep. We've had a lot of people reach out to us after the last podcast, and they're like, you got to keep the well, hello, hello. <laughs> was not aware I was saying that until Heather Three brought times. it up right before we hit the record button. And I was like, <laughs> what? You. <laughs> now I'm very aware. So now I feel like I think about it every time now. So I hope it's been as enjoyable to y'all as clearly to our audience. <laughs> Um, well, hello, hello, hello. We are so excited uh, for y'all listening, and I'm so excited. Y'all have no idea. We have two amazing, 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 amazing. women on the podcast wow. today uh, that I'm so, so pumped to have. Heather, who do we have first? First, we have the lovely... Debbie Vejerano. You like that? Good. I said your name you said right. It yeah. Right. Yeah. At home we just call you all the veggies. The veggies. <laughs> we do. We do. Um Debbie is you've been here for eight, nine years? Ten years. Ten ten oh. years with with the church at um Gospel Community Church where we all attend. Um <laughs> Catherine also says that all the time. Yeah, we realized that recently. <laughs> uh anyway, she has a wonderful husband, Lewis, and four beautiful children. Um, only two still at home attending every Sunday for those local here to to meet them. But um she is a fabulous employee uh <laughs> yes That's she debatable. is very uh professional high level over there with delta and wheels up and she serves our church day in and day out faithfully on many 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 committees let's think um prayer team yeah um preschoolers yep god love them i love one of them bless them bless them my babies um she is oftentimes a co-host for our community group mm-hmm. and most recently the move campaign move boom boom, boom. Yes. um heading up the move campaign um so she is faithfully serving and i personally don't know what i would do without her um <laughs> just such a great wonderful person to talk to you about anything and everything um and she will be real with you and that's why i love her so we're so glad to have you my friend welcome Thank Debbie. You. Thank you. <laughs> and we have miss pat reed thank you thank you thank you thank you um i don't I don't think there's enough to say about Miss Pat Reed. I know she's been here since the basically day one of Gospel Community Church. Not only that, she is the mother to our pastor, Kirk McDonald. Oh, bless you. Day one. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, oh, God. She's an incredible woman of God. She is full of wisdom. She's encouraging. She's so kind, so sweet, a prayer warrior. Um, I think, honestly, a friend to everyone that whoever meets her. Um, and just, I think, just a massive wealth of knowledge for the Lord, of, of more than I've seen of anyone. And so um, I think one of my encouraging things for me is seeing her worship on Sundays. Like, she worships like nobody else. And so um, I think it just shows her heart for the Lord in so many beautiful ways. So thank you, and welcome on to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I think that when the Lord saved me, mm. he saved all of me. <laughs> so I really have Everything. to praise him with everything I have. <laughs> yes. 
So with that, like I said, she is the mother of Kirk McDonald, our pastor. If you listen a couple episodes ago on our Sabbath, we had Kirk and Chelsea McDonald, and we talked to them about their little reb- reb- rebellious side. Chelsea <laughs> McDonald is a saint. She did not <laughs> yeah, have a rebellious course. side. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, Chelsea. There's something. She was like, Give nope. <laughs> nope. I'm a rule follower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Kirk gave a great story. But we thought since we have his mother, we should we should get the details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Give us the dirty. I'm okay. really afraid I might get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> However, <laughs> raising Kirk definitely had its challenges. He was the most rambunctious young man you can imagine. Oh, wow. um, speaking of Sabbath, just getting him to church on Sundays was mm. quite a chore. <laughs> uh, one of the favorite stories oh. that they like for me to tell is <laughs> shopping with him at J.C. Penney's at South Lake Mall. That mm-hmm. just to put you in context of the time and where we were. <laughs> We decide to go upstairs up the escalator. Mm. My husband, Greg, and myself, and Kirk is there. And about halfway up the escalator, I realize that Kirk is on the outside of the escalator as we are going up. (laughs) And I realize it's about a 20-foot drop. And we're approaching the top of the escalator. And I just start to panic and thank the Lord for Greg because he just reaches over and grabs Kirk up and hauls him over just as we step off of the escalator. And me and my mom heart just pounding out of my throat. I take my purse and just whack him (laughs) on the top of the head (laughs) because it frightened me so terribly. He had no idea he'd done anything wrong, bless his heart. Just one of the funny little stories uh, for my rebellious Kirk. I bet you thought you were getting those new socks. Not anymore, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking like, man, if that's not a picture of how the Lord saves us. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I think he was trying to get that message through Kirk's head at that time. Oh, man. It makes me think, like I I thought about this earlier, like what was the moment when Kirk was like, hey, I'm going to become a pastor, where you were like, absolutely, or like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, frankly, I think it took longer for Kirk to realize he was going to be a pastor mm. because the Lord had already spoken to my heart when oh, Kirk wow. was very young. Oh, wow. um, we had prayer meetings in our home and teen group meetings in our home, and he was prayed over often in those meetings. Mm. And the Lord had already spoke to me that he was going to use him in a mighty way. I would say probably middle school when Kirk realized that there was a call on his life um and he went kicking and screaming yeah (laughs) i would i would guess middle school i gotcha so from the last podcast when he gave his story about uh it was the pastor at the church at the time that he put all the forks in the yard did all the different things like that were you aware that that happened (laughs) i I, I have to plead the fifth on that getaway driver yeah yeah Yeah. it was her sam's club membership (laughs) (laughs) miss pat's like get in the car (laughs) he he is a special special man god has what a gift god gave to me in giving me him and letting me be his mom is a great great joy yes oh yes Uh, well he's definitely been a joy for us being our pastor for sure so so how about Chelsea McDonald? Any dirt on her? I've <laughs> been trying for years. Listen, listen, been praying for that girl since the day I laid eyes on her. Oh. <laughs> did, did she get to take care of Kirk now? Mm. I have nothing bad to say <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. I'm just kidding, Chelsea. I love you very much. You're a saint. I know you are. <laughs> so, Dovey. Yes. Any, any, any dirt on you? Any rebellious stories? 
I do have one. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> let's see here. Let's let's say we were in the six to seven age range. Okay. Back in Sweet Home, Alabama. Mm. Roll Tide. Did that for you. Roll no, Tide. No, ma'am. Oh, no, no, ma'am. This is a Georgia <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, I didn't say it. Sick dogs. But she said it, so I had to say it. Okay. That focus. Here we go. Sorry. Um, I lived on a dirt road, and we lived probably about a mile from a creek. A creek. A creek. <laughs> Whatever works. Either or. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were a little bit of latchkey kids, mm. you know, in the summertime. And so we had this bright idea. No one's home. Mm. Let's walk to the creek. Uh-oh. I mean, we, you know, that's just how it was back then. You, you just mm-hmm. did. You went outside and played, actually, right? You know, climb right. trees and mm-hmm. swim and swim in holes and things of that nature. So we did. We had our inner tubes and as kids walking down the road to the, to the creek. And I'm not kidding y'all. We had a blast and we're coming back. Like, oh, we got to get home before mom and dad gets home. And this man stops on the road, side of the road. Now, stranger danger, of course, oh, now, like, yeah. nowadays you're like freaking, freaking out. out. But back then it wasn't like that. And so he was like, um, so, you know, I write newspaper articles and just wondering if, if I could take a picture of you kids. It's a hot summer day. Did you just come from Mulberry Creek? Like that was the name of the creek. <laughs> and we were like, yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, that oh, following man. Sunday, oh. Guess what was the front page picture? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine us kids trying oh, to explain to our parents how that happened. So, so I think the Lord taught me early, yeah, girl, you're going to get caught. So how about you just not? Oh, no probable deniability there. Right. I don't know. I would have so tried to play it off. I'm like, yeah, that does weirdly look like us. But I don't, it's, I feel like it's Betty Jane from Australia. But this street. sparkle, that sparkle was not there on her face. No. I'm not sure it's me. No. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, it's nice to know that, you know, there's people in our church that, because that's what the same thing I told Kirk and Chelsea is like, you know, when you're a Christian or a leader, you kind of get that, that, um, that was, oh, uh, I can't think of the word all of a sudden, but like that claim that you're like, you're wholesome and you're goody goody and stuff like that. I'm like, Psh. <laughs> like <laughs> Christians live hard lives sometimes, you know, they don't even know. Yeah. Bust that myth. <laughs> right. Oh yes. Um, but that's awesome. I mean, it's, I mean, like, it's awesome good stories but <laughs> still have the newspaper oh really <laughs> oh, oh snap oh man you like show it to your girls like this is what you don't do yeah. if don't. you haven't heard of ptsd like this oh, yeah. trauma, <laughs> get in trouble like oh god <laughs> to bring out the newspaper again don't do this <laughs> You'll get, you will you? get caught yeah <laughs> okay okay um well that's awesome so we have a great subject to talk about so we're gonna we're gonna get right on into it because i'm fired up i'm very passionate about this i've been ever since i was a little girl and so i'm just pumped to talk about it so nicole what are we talking about well today we are talking about prayer and the importance of prayer in our christian lives how we pray why we pray and hopefully leave a little bit more enthralled and in love with prayer and our relationship with the lord oh yeah one of the cool uh, I think a little fact about the subject is the ladies that we have on Debbie and Pat and myself were actually on the prayer team for Gospel Community Church. So this is a really, really yeah. cool thing. Um, so either one of you guys, like, not I know this is a weird question to ask, but like, when did you feel passionate about prayer? Or like, you know, when did prayer start? But like, because clearly, I mean, it, there's a lot of things that I mean, we're all passionate about prayer, but there's certain subjects I feel like when it comes to Christianity that we're a little bit more passionate about. So of prayer, what what really stands out to you that that's something that y'all are just very passionate about, and just see the 
uh, how important it is in the Christian life? Well, the newspaper picture was probably <laughs> the <laughs> first moment of prayer. Um, but no, in all seriousness, um, it is one of my youngest memories, sitting in that exact same house and sitting outside and just talking to God like he was my friend. Like, you know, uh, those of you that do know me, you know, I'm crazy, right? <laughs> There's some crazy in here. You know, it's, it's, it's been a tough life. And, you know, uh, trauma's real. Like, there's real things that happen. Um, yes. Abuse, abandonment, betrayal, neglect. I mean, it's, these are real heavy things. And, you know, prayer, it's a, it's a life support. Like, it, it must happen in order to tether me to heavenly way of thinking. Otherwise, the darkness definitely tries to creep in. So... That's my answer. I felt as one of six girls being raised, and I am the quiet one, believe it or not, (laughs) of six, that there wasn't a voice for me unless I was speaking to the Lord. I knew when I prayed that he heard me when as being one of six kids in a household, you got eight and it's just chaos. Your voice is just lost somewhere in the din of noise. But when I'm praying... I knew that he heard me and listened when I was talking to him, really listened. Um, And it definitely was a rescue in a lot of ways, a lot of times that were um, abusive. And you turn to that because he is your anchor and your stronghold in those times of need. So yes, as a very early child, he was my refuge to turn to, to speak. And I, when I was thinking about prayer today, and I kind of resonate a little bit with your, what you're saying, Debbie, it's like, I, I have prayed ever since I was a kid. And it, it, as soon as I knew that was the thing to do, I loved doing it. And the same thing, like, I considered God as a friend. Like, I talked, like, all day long to God. Like, normal conversations. Like, I'll be like, should I do this over there? You know, like, I would, like, talk to God about it yeah. with everything that I did. And, like, one of my fondest memories is, like, growing up. And I used to pray. I feel like there's different seasons in my life where I pray, like, uh, medium prayers sometimes they're like long prayers that I pray I don't know why uh but I remember growing up at nighttime we had like a little fireplace and I would just sit there and be like 40 to, uh, minutes to like an hour and I would just be praying about all these different things but I loved that time it just like and I grew up in a, I grew up in a broken family but it was like it just it was my safe time it was my sweet time that I got to have with the Lord and like it's something that I enjoyed very very much and so um how would y'all consider a healthy prayer life, you know? Because, um, like, that's, like I said, I, that's the thing I had as a kid. But, like, I, I feel like as an adult now, my prayer life is very different. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a thousand more distractions. I'm not as, um, I don't pray. It's like, I don't talk to the Lord, unfortunately, all day long like I used to. Because, um, like I said, there's just a thousand other things that's occupying my mind. And so I feel like there's always that fight to try to have a healthy prayer life. So, like, what would be some of y'all's encouragements to have a healthy prayer life? I think number one is dispelling some misconceptions about prayer in general, um, that it doesn't have to be a specific time and it doesn't have to be a specific pattern that I'm sure you have friends that you're in a constant conversation with on text all the time and it might be six hours before you go back and answer and you just pick back up where you were. I think that should be the type of conversation that we're having with God all day long. But in addition to that, 
those special times of this is for nothing else but sitting down and pouring my heart out and listening to what he has to say to me. It doesn't have to be special words. It doesn't have to be a formula, you know, ABC, but just really opening yourself up to him and and to take time to listen. A lot of times when we're taught to pray, this is how you pray, and when you're done, amen, and you're done. But I think a special time is listening after you pour out that prayer or in the middle of that prayer when you emptied yourself but don't have anything else to say, but you know you're not finished to just sit in peace with him and listen um, to what he has to say. I think prayer can just really look like a lot of different, uh, a lot of different ways to do it, and it doesn't have to be one particular way. Yeah, I, mean, I think whether it's figuratively or literally, it is a box that you draw and you check. And I mean, even as humans, we're, we are very task oriented. And that is a task that should be a priority in everyone's life. Uh, but like Ms. Pat said, there's not a meet, succeeds, needs improvement <laughs> rating <laughs> that happens. It's just do it. And just like you want, you have healthy relationships somewhere in your life, whether it's you have an amazing marriage, a great sister relationship, a best friend, you're you know great with your kids. I mean, just reflect, well, why is that relationship healthy? And it's the same application of spending time and just being yourself. I mean, absolutely, there's times to be reverent and, and there's times to be quiet and there's times to rejoice and there's times to mourn with, and it's just times to be yourself. And he loves us just the way we are. But personally, I would say, I try not to even get out of my bed like the moment, the first waking, or even the first snooze, it is a greeting that I have with the Lord. And it's not this elaborate, you know. I mean, sometimes it's just as simple as I love you, Lord. Even going off of that, like like someone's prayer life, you know, on how does that look like? Because I feel like a lot of people are like, I don't have time to pray. Mm-hmm. Or like, I got I to gotta get up, I got to go to work, I got to put the kids to bed, I got to do all, I got to cook dinner, all these different things. Like... How, how does someone change that mindset of this is a task I got to do to this is something that I want to spend time with Lord. I want to take that time with him. Like how would, how do you split that? Yeah. I mean, I would say that you begin to see the fruit, like, you know, the Lord will show you the fruit. And even sometimes you have to pray for the desire. I mean, I don't think that's the wrong thing to ask for either, like draw it out. Um, but, you know, we are creatures of habit. And just taking the step forward um, sometimes is just what needs to happen to get that growth and that development, that drawing, because he promises those that draw near to him, you know, he draws near to and he bends his ear down and he listens and he hears. And, you know, man, (laughs) the first time that prayer gets answered or that first time that that next morning you wake up and somebody gives you exactly what you needed or your heart was broken about something and you were crying out to him and moments later someone encourages you like that's that fruit that you really begin to see it's tangible in your prayer life and who can who can let that go yeah oh yeah once you taste it that's it Hmm. I think praying out loud in front of your kids in your car Whenever, you know, Greg walks in and I'm just, seems like I'm talking to the air, it, it, he, we know that each other are praying at that time. Puts a sticky note on your mirror to remind you to pray for Catherine today. 
and I'm like fixing my hair. Oh, I got to pray for Catherine. Lord, help Catherine today. I think we just have to put put some fences out there, signs that remind us you need to stop what you're doing or not stop what you're doing, but you need to pray. If it's on top of your purse, beside your keys, pray for this as I'm going out the door, as I'm getting in my car. Turn the radio off and just pray out loud on the way there. Make time because you know you've got to have him throughout the day, and it, it will change your life for the better. Oh, yeah. That's one thing what's so great about prayer is it's like it's not uh, it, it's not for the Lord in the sense it's for us. It changes right, us. Right, right. So, that's right. Um, it's, I mean, it teaches us patience, and it just, it's such a beauty and a growth. And it's like in a sense that, you know, we're not praying things that's going to, you know, change God's will. It's things that, you know, that he is helping us in the midst of those things. And so, um, so I think it's, it's so beautiful. Um, and I'm going to mess up this word. Importance. No, I know I did it wrong. Importance. 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 How, how, I mean, it's like, it's very, <laughs> I struggle with that word. I don't know why. Um, but, that word um it needs you know it's very important having that in church like what is y'all's views on that of just i mean clearly like you need prayer in church but like especially with our church how do you see that gcc views prayer and the importance of that being in church because i mean good night our leaders need prayer our people need prayer um how do y'all view that in the church aspect i i think it's needed i think it needs to be encouraged I think in a lot of churches that I've been in visiting, it's just a formal, okay, we're going to step right here and pray, and we're going to step right here and pray, when in truth you should be engaged in praying practically through the whole service. Um, and I think people are not encouraged to do that throughout their young life so that when they're an adult they don't understand that it's okay for us to go forward for prayer. Um, at the end of service, if they say, you know, if you have a need to come forward, that's what they literally mean. If you have a need, and yet we sit and don't go forward knowing we have a need. I, I have a need plenty of times. I should have gone forward. Um, and we just sort of ignore that because it's a pattern we're used to doing in church, and you're afraid somebody's going to look at you or you're going to feel weird about it or okay, I'm going to go up there, and it's too long of a story for me to tell, so I just won't do it. I'll keep it to myself, or I'll share with somebody in private, but then you don't. And and you haven't done what you as a child of God should have done when he said to First Thessalonians to pray without ceasing, but this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus, to pray without ceasing. So why shouldn't I, when I'm with brothers and sisters, they can join with me and share my heart even if it's something too personal, if I just come up to you on Sunday and say, just pray for me, I really can't explain right now, just pray for me, I can know and rest assured that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to her to pray for me and meet my need. That's what his word says, and that we don't do it. I think we just suffer needlessly because he's there to comfort us and meet, meet our need or change our mind or our heart so that that's not a need in our life anymore. Yeah, I, I tend to categorize prayers. Like, is this a double whammy, like a big, big deal? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that's when I'm like, okay, where two or more are together. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and let's pray. So, 
I mean, I, I can get in that mindset as well. Um, and, and I agree with everything Ms. Pat just said. It's, it's hard to be vulnerable about what you need. And then it's hard to be vulnerable over and over and over because prayer's not, you know, a light switch that's off and on or answered, not answered. Like, you know, there is waiting that happens. And, you know, there is this perception of weakness um, you know, just speaking for myself, a person of pride, that's my sin nature. That's hard. And, you know, it's really just something that you just, you have to do it. It goes back to that. You just do it and watch God work and he will. I think we talk about a lot on the podcast. We talk about friendships a lot on the podcast and, you know, talking about the importance of praying. I don't know why I struggle with that word, y'all. It's just a whole thing. We'll find you a synonym. (laughs) (laughs) The criticality. Yeah. (laughs) Critical is it, guys? As critical Um, as it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Praying in church, like, so, you you know, the need to pray for your leaders, the need to pray for the members, like, it's very important to pray for each other. And so, mainly, I, I would like to direct this to Heather and Nicole, you know, like I said, we talk about friendships and, like, how important it is to pray for each other. Like a lot of us are in community groups. Heather, you lead a community group. Um, Nicole is in charge of everything in the church. Pray for that lady. Pray for that lady. So we're, we're constantly around people and also people who are in need. And, and I, I can easily speak for Heather and Nicole is they have a heart to love on people. And that's very obvious. And a lot of people go to them and they're vulnerable and tell them things and stuff. And so how do y'all view how important it is to pray for each other, whether it's a friend or just someone in need? Um, I do think we need to be praying for a hedge of protection. We need to be praying for, um, I think prayer is an act of submission too. Um, it's what I've just been thinking the last few minutes hearing y'all's hearts on it. Um, it is just a form of submission. Like, Lord, I can't fix this person and I submit her to you. I can't fix my heart, but I submit it to you. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I submit it to you. Um, it's, it's, it's an act that we can do, um, to give it all back to the Lord, which is what we're called to do. And so, um, I, I don't know. Submission is just all that's on my brain right now. You know, it's just a way that we are entrusting and showing God, you are Lord of my life. And if I tried to do this, I would fail. Um, and I know that full well. Um, and so just imploring, um, you know, on the behalf of someone else, um, because a lot of times when people are going through it, sometimes people's bent is to not pray. Um, and you know they just shut down and someone needs to be praying for them someone needs to be lifting them up um and so sometimes you know people just struggle with prayer feeling like i can't be i don't have the right words or i don't speak eloquently enough or blah 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 is really what they're saying um excuse number one excuse number two um but that's you know jesus speaks very clearly about that so i have loved listening to especially in the beginning y'all talking about being like little girls and having this like heart and love for prayer because for me it was singing songs and I like vividly remember like hearing a song on the radio and I would just rewrite the words and sing my own song to the Lord and like the Lord has like faithfully reminded me of those times because I have a very difficult time with prayer now 
And it's not because I don't love the Lord or love to pray or that I don't pray, but coming out of the church I came out of and coming out of the theology that I came out of and walking into reform theology and understanding the sovereignty of God and understanding like God's election and through salvation and how like all of those mechanisms work was like, well, why do we pray? (laughs) Like if God knows everything, is in control of everything, has ordained everything, why do we pray? And like for people who are coming out of that charismatic word of faith, new apostolic reformation world of, you know, 20 hour prayer meetings where you're, you're tarrying before the Lord for the prophetic words so that you know what to wear tomorrow. And like, we're talking like some out there things Mm. that are just really a lot of flesh motivated things. But coming out of all that, I was like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. What is sin? What is my flesh? What is anything? And it took months for me to get back to a place where it was like to be able to just submit because the word clearly says, just do it. Like we pray because the Lord says to. <laughs> like Even Jesus did. Yeah. It's and he like, does for he us is at God. the right hand of the father. Like he is interceding for us. And it's like the the gentleness of the spirit of God to love me even through that like because prayer is the most intimate part of our relationship with the lord like it's our ability to speak with him and commune with him and to lay our needs and our desires and our wants and our problems and everything before him like the book of psalms is such an example of prayer and i've said this before but like you know you start in this depressed or desperate mindset and by the end of being able to just express what you're going through to the lord Nothing's physically changed, but your heart has sure changed. Right. And That's right. I think the importance is remembering that while we don't own the responsibility of anybody else's life or their salvation with the Lord, or if they get saved, or if their marriage is healed, or if whatever the things that we might be praying for friends for, like we're not responsible for that change, but like what joy to know that we could be a part through the Spirit, like to be able to pray and to hope with that person for the Lord to intervene. Like that's so rewarding, I think, in relationship and builds faith and hope and community that, you know, you rally behind together and that's just fulfilling the one another's even more. Yeah. And if I could just add, I think praying for someone else, the intercessory type, it's a gift. My sisters and I, a couple years back, we did a season of fasting and prayer. And so what we did was we wrote down all of our requests, but then we gave each other each other's request. And during that season, you are not to pray for yourself, but to pray for the other. And it was absolutely mind-blowing to me how many times I had to refocus and get back to praying for the other. Like, it is the way that your mind is geared to, well, what's happening to me? How's my marriage? How's my kids? How's my job? How's my bank account? Like all those, what's happening around me versus someone else. And how beautiful is it? First of all, that someone else reaches out and says, will you pray for me? I mean, it's, it's an honor, quite frankly, for someone to come and say, will you pray for me with me? Uh, But then to actually be spiritually and mentally disciplined to allow your mind to focus solely on that person like wow it's an honor absolutely it's difficult it's very difficult i really had the lord affect me to pray for 
a particular situation. And I would start in like three minutes maybe, and I'm just veered off into a ditch (laughs) praying about, you know, and then I'm going like a pinball machine. So I finally got a, a journal and just started to write the prayer for this particular situation. And it kept me focused on what I was praying because I had to write it down so I wasn't. It helped me discipline myself to to stay on task, to stay on the subject until I, the Lord relieved me of praying for that situation. And oddly enough, I don't really know how the situation turned out. And that's okay. For a long time, it wasn't okay. But, for, <laughs> but the Lord said, it's okay now. It's okay. Um, so I, I think I will know one day how the situation resolved itself. But for that period of time, God was teaching me and changing my heart to stop with the, you know, Lord, help me get to work on time when you're the one who slept late 15 minutes. <laughs> it was the stay focused on where your heart is and what you're asking of me um, and really think about the situation that you're praying about and then leave it in my hands as your will be done, Lord, because I know he ultimately knew the outcome before I said my first prayer and it was going to be worked out according to his will for the, this person's good and for God's glory. So, So writing it down, that may just be a help for someone, I don't know, but writing a particular prayer down, and I just filled it up every day. I would spend about five minutes just writing about that situation, praying for that. And I know in my heart that God worked a, a great miracle, and I hope I hope he'll show me one day. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's easy for us in our fleshly minds to get caught up in, like, I've heard this analogy a lot in my life, but becoming, like, the traffic controllers where we're like, got the, the flags in our hands, like, okay, God, go here, go do this, do this. this way. <laughs> right. Don't stop, right. don't do that. Right. Like, that we think that we have all of this control and influence, and it really is just that being obedient to pray when the Lord says pray and to be satisfied in trusting him, regardless of what it looks like, if we ever even get to know that right. he's sovereign, he's in control, and that we're just partakers of that. Yeah, I like that a lot. There's, in my prayer time, I, I definitely pray more for people than myself. And I've been trying, it's almost like the opposite. That doesn't sound terrible. But like, I feel like there's been many times the Lord's like, you can also pray about this thing that's happening in your life. <laughs> it's like, because I'm always like, I do that in my regular life, but I'm always, sometimes I'll pray for people. And I do the same thing, Miss Pat. It's like, I'll have people in my life that like, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be praying for them in this season. Even though like, I'm not, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, or I don't know, I'm not going to be able to see everything. But I know I can't stop praying for them until I feel like that release to stop. And right. So, so I tell people that all the time, like, I'm going to keep praying for you. Like, I pray for you every day. I can't stop until the Lord says stop. <laughs> and so, but I think that's a beautiful thing that the Lord brings us in on because he doesn't have to do that. He can do whatever he wants to do. But the fact that we get to be a part of that and I feel like it, it once again, it changes our hearts to be able to love on people. And it's like, to me, we can serve people physically every day, but there's something about when someone comes up to you and says, Hey, I've been praying for you this past week. Like I, I, when I, I've gotten texts or like calls from people telling me that, like, it is one of the most encouraging thing is like, Oh, you took time out of your day to say a prayer for me. Like that, that's some, I can't tell you what it does for my soul <laughs> in so many ways. Um, but I feel like there's always to, 
that hard time in prayer life, you know, where we're going through a hard season. Um, the one thing I thought about the most, I feel like a lot of people struggle with is like, if you, you've been praying a prayer, whether you're praying for someone or whatever, you've been praying a prayer for so long and it still hasn't come to pass. And I feel like that can unfortunately be very discouraging for the Christian person. Um, but what do you do in that moment when you're, you've been praying for a year, years and nothing is coming about? Like, what do you do in that moment? Honestly, I think everyone has to get to their own individual breaking point and ours are all different. And the Lord knows exactly where they are to where we just completely become utterly dependent on him versus the outcome versus whatever we're requesting or whatever hurt we're still trying to keep tucked away and held on to as our righteous hurt, whatever that is. He knows exactly that level we need to get to, to where we literally can't hold on to it anymore. We let it go. And some people it's longer seasons and some people it's not, but I would just say that it's absolutely an opportunity to grow in that season and your faith. I mean, I can't think of a, you know, more test of faith a larger test of faith, I should say. Sorry, it's my grammar from Alabama. Here we go. <laughs> uh, when you are just heartfelt asking and praying and seeking and lamenting for something specific, and it just is not coming true, I mean, that is closeness with God. It just is, because you're trusting. When you're praying for those type situations and you are pouring out everything that's inside of you, for God to save this person or deliver this person or heal this person. And you have agonized many, many, many nights over it, and it doesn't happen, and the person passes away, or they just leave your life. You have to look back at God's faithfulness to you and to the believer to know that it was for your good and for his glory and ultimately his will. Then your prayer has to kind of change to help me understand and help me rest in the fact that your will was done, that it wasn't mine, it wasn't what I wanted. This person is still gone away from me or it hasn't worked out, but that God is up here, his thoughts and his ways are up here and it will still be for your good, as as hard a pill as that is to swallow. Um, and you're just like, well, I don't know how I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do now, God, because this didn't work out. Just like the Father that He is, He still loves you, and He will begin to show you how it is still His will, and you just trust in His faithfulness, His faithfulness. I would even guarantee the example you were using where you wrote down the prayer, if you went back and read the first time you wrote it, For compared sure. to the last time you wrote it, how much the Lord had worked on you. Oh, just the person. change in my just wording. the change in your wording, your, the change in your understanding of the situation, the depth of the mercy, compassion, forgiveness, whatever the situation is, he's working, whether we see it, know it, feel it is irrelevant he is working 
the first time I read Second Peter 3, verse 9, my heart and perspective and thoughts around all of that changed drastically. It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but it, he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Um, I'm thinking, you know, my first thoughts when you asked the question was about singleness or parenthood or, you know, health of health of someone or salvation, you know, for people. Um, and it just helped me to think like, I'm thinking in my millennial brain that Chick-fil-A can give me a sandwich in 34 seconds. Why don't you like, where are we, you know? And so also remember like our expectations are ridiculous. Um, but also thinking about maybe the spouse you're praying for needs to learn something from the Lord about leadership before you guys start down any kind of path. You don't know where he is right now, you know? So maybe there's something he needs to go through and his heart needs to be transformed for, um, before God brings him to you. Um, or maybe there's some, some growth that you and your spouse need to walk through before you're a parent that you just don't know yet. Um, because parenting changes you drastically. Um, and so, you know, maybe there's just something and even thinking down, I remember when my oldest daughter and we had a miscarriage before her and I just didn't understand and you know, all the things, but in the end, God's timing was exactly what it should be. I remember thinking about like her friends in school, like who you go through school with as your best friends are, is really important. It shapes you a lot, a whole lot. Um, you know, looking at my siblings and I, we're all very different. We all had very different friends, you know, like it's a big impact. And so even just thinking my child needs to be born in this particular year and not before, not after September, you know what I mean? Like, so the birthdays aren't like, and God knows every single detail, um, to, to make them and their future best friends the the perfect age to to be together or you know their spouse will be born on this day it's just there's just so much more to the picture that our little human brains will never see um and that he is working out all of this stuff behind the scenes and he is really good he he loves you a lot and so there's there's just no room for question there um just just trust that his timing has always been and will always be perfect. I think that one of the things that we, as people who like comfort, forget is that long suffering is a fruit of the spirit. Right. Right. <laughs> and yeah. Even if the purpose of that prayer never being fulfilled is to produce long suffering in you, then it's for your good. That's right. And sometimes the answers are no. And that still works for our good and for God's glory. Right. Amen. I'm curious too about, you know, you know, not only the people that pray for a long time and don't see anything, but, um, I had someone say this and I thought it was very interesting to me. And it's like, they said, like, sometimes I read the Bible and it speaks to me. It hits me if I'm reading a scripture, but I feel nothing when I pray sometimes. Like, you know, you don't feel the same as when you read the word or so like when you feel like you're coming to the Lord with empty prayers, you know, which I also think are very beautiful things because it's like, you know, the Holy Spirit hears our groanings and takes them up to the Lord regardless of how we're doing it. But like, how do you, 
I don't know. What should your mindset be in that moment? I mean, because I feel like if I'm empty, I feel like I'm almost like wasting prayers, you know. Because, um, you know, I think people think you have to, you know, like the Pharisees got to come in with these good prayers and all these great things like that. Um, but I think even just being empty could be very real also. And so how does how does one fight that to I mean the same with Nicole what you're saying with the church that you came out of it's like you have to you gotta feel something you gotta have all these things so like how do you go with that of like sometimes you just say things it doesn't you know but I know like I said things can happen or you're you become bitter because that thing was never uh came about or whatever and so you feel empty and all these different things so like I don't know how do you go about all that I I would say if you're if you're praying and you're speaking to the Lord and you feel empty that well let me go back because there's two kind of points to that because you were saying they feel they feel something with the word but prayers are empty then I would say well pray the word right so that would be my probably my first thing to say but let's say that wasn't the scenario and just someone feels empty or not like yeah like I'm just don't want to talk to the Lord I would say you might need a little bit of a isolation with the Lord like everything's off everything's out like just you and him whether it's a few hours a few days you know whatever that looks like but I mean I, I think we all especially in this crazy world that has all these alerts dings notifications timers agendas things to do I mean it's very easy to just be go you know I'm just gonna sit here okay well that's not working for me um and so there could be a times where you need to completely detach and you know connecting even with nature is God's beauty it speaks back to us and uh you know he's a faithful God he never leaves us he doesn't forsake us we're we're the ones that have the fickle you know feelings but um I would say if you intentionally pursue him mm-hmm. he will make himself known mm. yeah. he will I agree. I I think a lot of times we have found ourselves going through, for a better term, a, a desert season or a dry season, and you're just, well, you know, I didn't feel anything the last three times I prayed, so forget it. I'm just not going to pray tonight. Um, it, it, that becomes a real selfish attitude when he doesn't say, well, if you pray to me, I'm going to make you feel real good. <laughs> there's there's no scripture that says that. Right. Or if you pray to me in 30 seconds, I'm going to say yes, no, or maybe, or just wait a while. Th- those answers aren't there. So a lot of our praying, uh, most of our praying should be done in faith. And it's okay if I don't feel anything. If I prayed your will and prayed your word, then it's really up to him to do as, as he wills. But yes, I would I would definitely say if you are in a desert season, um, there's probably a reason. And it was probably you that wandered off into the desert um, because he hasn't gone anywhere. And you probably need to ask someone to pray with you um, to bring you back to the heart of worship and back to your first love. Mm-hmm. I would even say, even if you related a little bit back to parenting, you know, watching your kids as they as they they grow and they they turn to these different seasons of life like there's moments where you're quiet as a parent and you're observing and you're not like immediately correcting or even immediately praising but you know there's just moments where it is like that you as a parent didn't leave you know your love didn't stop or change but you know there are moments where you know the lord where are you at you know dovey where's your heart where's your motive 
keep coming. I'm going to show you where your heart and your motive is. Right. And then it will blow your mind (laughs) what you're really, you know, what kind of season you're really in. Um, But he's, he's so tender to us that he will draw us like that, you know, versus just drop us and let us fall into the abyss. I think there's like um, a faction in the church that is just hyper emotional and everything is based in feeling and not in truth. And the Lord tells us to worship him in spirit and in truth, not with our emotions. And not to say we don't use our emotions to worship the Lord or express our love or gratitude or anger or frustration or any of those things, but our feelings can be a barometer for how we feel and our situation and things, but they're not ultimately what should define the truth in our relationship in any way. Mm -hmm. So feeling dry or feeling like I don't feel anything when I pray, that's not true. (laughs) And that's not the truth. Like all of that, the Lord, I think uses to highlight the depth of our relationship with him in those moments where it's hard to pray and it's hard to press in and it's, it doesn't feel like anything and it's dry. Like don't let that become an excuse to stop because you don't feel anything like I feel like society is heading in such a direction where it's like everything is based on feeling well you don't feel like doing it you don't have to you feel like you are this that or the other then you are and it's just not reality the reality is God is who he says he is he is faithful he is true he loves us he has saved us he calls us to pray amen he wants us to pray regardless of what it feels like and regardless of what we say like I love when you said the groaning thing because like my mental picture is like (laughs) but like (laughs) the Lord still hears it and knows exactly what Mm -hmm. we mean and um I am grateful for this conversation and the reminder of that because this being one of those areas that even I struggle to still find the joy in that because it's like instantly triggering it's like oh but um I think there's just there's just so much value in it individually for us and the sacrifice that it takes to put other people above us to remember other people's needs above your own like it's just it's such a health in the body a praying church is a healthy church for sure right right I, I got reminded of um we had a guest speaker a while back named Tim Bice and he was talking a lot about this which it was that sermon was very encouraging to me but one of the things that helped me in my prayer time is like one thing I'm going to butcher everything he said but basically what he said was like in your prayer times like sometimes if you're if you're angry tell God like sometimes if you're just like I don't have anything to pray like spiritual things or whatever but God I'm really ticked off about this or I'm so sad and like he was like just lay that out before God, like start that off first and then go it into everything else. And like that for me, there's so many times I've had prayers that I'm like, all right, buckle up, Lord. <laughs> I'm like, I am very, like, I'm very sad about this. Or I'm very angry about this. And like, God, I know, you know, and I'll try to put some encouragement. I'm like, I know you're going to do things, but I'm just, I'm so sad, God. Yeah. And so, and I feel like some of those prayers have been some of the sweetest prayers yeah. because I feel like when he says in his word that he's near to the brokenhearted, he's mm-hmm. near to us. And it's like, I feel like in those moments, I feel real close to God. And I feel like those are opportunities. A, we're being vulnerable and it's showing, letting the Lord know, Hey, I, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> I need sure. healing and peace in these moments. Yeah. And God graciously as a loving father does those things for us. Yeah. So yeah. Real talk yesterday. I was like, Lord, 
I'm sassy today. Like, I'm just sassy. I'm just letting you know. I'm going to talk back. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to tell you what you should be doing. And, I'm sassy today. I mean, that was me yesterday. And, and again, I think it's beautiful that he reveals those, even though they're sinful, and that's not the way we should be. Like, I don't have to go hide it in a closet. The Lord said, I know. Yeah. I, know. I, I know. got you sassy pants. <laughs> well, you know, David wrote a psalm, and in it he says, I want you to smash the teeth in of this person. Mm. It's apparently <laughs> it, that's what he says. You go look it up. I wish I knew that. I just have to call Kirk and ask him. Can I phone a friend? Um, of course, he, you know his heart turns, but the, he's angry, and it's okay that he's angry. But that was the way he felt. I want you to just punch this person in the face and knock his teeth out. <laughs> Not that it's okay that we feel that way forever, but it's okay to tell God that we feel that way. And how how my heart hurts because of this situation. So help me get over that feeling and realize that I'm the one who probably needs my face mashed in in this situation. But I think that's one of the misconceptions of prayer in general. People don't want to confess that that's really how they feel. They think they have to have that formula of, Lord, help this person, or Lord, help me. When you really just tell him the truth, this is how I feel. Help me not feel this way. Help me see the truth of your love for this person and that you died for that person too. Um, I, I need help in that area. And I think if we could dispel a lot of those misconceptions, then a lot of people's prayer life would be improved. How do we encourage those people that are angry in their prayers and they're like, I don't know what to pray? Or they are giving those out and stuff. Like how as people and Christians and friends, how do we encourage those people to be like, who, who've lost all words to say, you know, to be vulnerable? How do we, how can we encourage them to be, I guess, yeah, basically more vulnerable in those moments? Be still and listen. Mm, there you go. i preach. <laughs> <laughs> give, give up your right to be right. Give up your right to be right. <laughs> 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 that is my sin nature right there. Which ultimately is all pride. It's all pride. You just have to give up that right. You can say, I know I'm right about this situation. I know they're wrong. And I'm just, I'm just going to hold on to the bitter end. You know, when in truth, whether you were right or wrong in that situation, God doesn't really care. What he's looking for is your heart. And a lot of times we get angry and bitter because God hasn't satisfied what we thought a situation should turn out to be. And so we're just going to be angry about it. You're angry your whole life because your parents separated, or you're angry your whole life because you didn't get to marry the person you wanted to marry, or a, a ton of different things. But people, they're just angry, yeah. angry about everything. <laughs> when we really, if we put others first and put God's will first in our life, I think he would this is why I'm not a counselor and won't ever be because I'm the one that's just like get over yourself <laughs> get over yourself and humble yourself before God and submit yourself to him and I think um, a whole lot of things would be saddled even the entitlement that is in the world today so I mean I caught myself in seasons where I'm like well I don't I don't deserve to be treated like that and I can't believe they did that mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm. I'm so good to them and I don't deserve and then the Lord comes in again so sweet and says Debbie why don't you tell me what you really deserve Mm. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll quit being sassy, Lord. Okay. <laughs> I deserve nothing. <laughs> but my point is taking those emotions and those feelings to him. I mean, and then he turns right back around and like reveals something. It's like, oh, that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And once you get that, there's no walking away from it. Yeah. There's just not. Oh, yeah. I just, I think it's just such a beautiful thing that I mean, the Lord didn't have to make prayer, you know, we didn't, he didn't have to make a way for us to talk to him or anything, but what a loving God that he doesn't leave us, leave us alone on this earth. Like we have an opportunity to, we get to talk to him when we have our struggles and we have our pains. We have that loving father that we can run to and we can tell him, Hey, we're having a bad day, Lord, or all these things. Like that's a beautiful, loving father right there because we have, unfortunately earthly families that don't do that they won't they don't care what you're going through or anything like that they will abandon you all these things but like god doesn't do that and he welcomes the conversation and he wants to know your pains he wants to know those groanings all those things like i said you know going back to like the holy spirit like when he says in the the in the word that the holy spirit will bring up our groanings on our behalf and so it's like even though you're not doing it i care about you that much that i'm still making a way because i want to know your pains i want to know those different things and so and i think having that mindset even for the people that they've been praying long periods of time or anything like that or going through bitterness or all those things is just like having the mindset of that loving god and then going looking at our hearts that how much we love the Lord and I've said this a thousand times like there's many things that I'm still praying for and I haven't seen it come to pass but I tell God all the time I was like I love you too much that I yes this is my desire and this is what I want but if it doesn't come to pass I know that's going to bring you glory and if that brings you glory that's all I care about and that's all I want and so it's not easy (laughs) so be careful with that prayer (laughs) daily submission yeah it's like, I, I want my desire, but, and I tell God, it's like, you know, if I get this thing and it doesn't bring you glory, I don't, I don't want it, you know? Um, and I think in those moments, it, it sh- you know, we have to continue to encourage ourselves and get help from other people because in those moments when we don't see them, it makes it harder to pray. And it just like, I don't know. I feel like it just like, you get to the point of like, well, what's the point? Or it's wearing me down or anything like that. But there's so much beauty in prayer and, um, and just, even if it doesn't come to pass, just talking them out through that. I mean, clearly there's a reason for it. <laughs> and so, um, to me, it just shows the loving God that it is. We might not know all the answers here on earth, but we know that he's doing it for a loving reason and stuff. So, um, so just going back to your last question, I think that if somebody comes to you and they say that they don't want to pray, they're having a hard time praying for the love of your brother or sister pray with them like don't just say i'll pray for you pray with them you know call them on the phone keep them accountable like offer those prayers together because i mean you know we humans routine behavior is a thing and like once you get back into that step and back into that routine then it becomes easier and eventually that like need for togetherness will you know go away as their relationship gets fulfilled and all of that but like when someone comes to you and says, I need prayer, don't walk away thinking, I'll pray for them later. Pray for them right there. Like just, it means so much to your brother or sister in Christ, but also we are faulty humans who fail and forget. 
And that would be my encouragement. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was wonderful. Um, I think there's there's a lot of beauty in that because like you're saying that people easily will forget. And it's just like, and if, so, if the Lord's putting a stirring on your heart and you're like, you're hearing someone talk about something, you're like, man, I really should pray for them, but I feel awkward or anything like that. Like God's putting that on your heart for a reason. And you don't know the blessing that is for that person for you to stop and do that. Like I grew up in a Baptist church. That was very common to be like, oh, you going through this? I'll pray for you. Yeah, yeah. And they would never talk about it ever again. And so when I came to GCC, that was the first time that like people that I would mention things to weeks later, like, how, how's that thing going? I've been praying for you about that. I'm like, you remember that? Like, that's so loving as a church and it's just signs of a healthy church. And so, I, I mean, I echo that tremendously. That's a beautiful thing to do. Um, as we kind of come to a close, what's kind of an encouragement, uh, Ms. Pat and Ms. Debbie, that you would leave people uh, after this conversation of prayer? Like, what was something that you feel like would be encouraging for everybody who's listening? I think an encouragement would be that he's faithful. And when you speak to him, he hears everything that you say. And he has your heart. You are the apple of his eye. And if you speak to him from your heart, he's going to answer you. And he's going to draw you close because He's given everything for you, and it's his desire for you to be with him. Not his desire for you to be happy and have everything you want. But just as a parent says, no, you can't have five suckers before dinner. (laughs) Tell me, God, that I don't need those five suckers, and tell me what I do need. What I do need is to be on my face, on my knees before you, thanking you for every blessing that you've done in my life. The encouragement is he loves you, and he's faithful and just talk to him, pour your heart out to him, and he'll bless you. Yeah, I, I would say draw that box and check it. Like it's Again, it's not a request. It's a command to pray, to pray. And if you don't know what to pray, then lift up thanks, pray scripture, um, but just pray. And quite frankly, I dare you <laughs> to, you know, sit back and see the work that it will do in your life. Like there is no doubt in my mind if you put a 30-day prayer challenge to yourself and look create accountability partners we do have technology I have a a iPhone uh, shared note prayer journal going on with my sister-in-law and so it was just an accountability tool where we just put our prayers in every day like whatever it takes to kind of get back in that that you know creation of habit but just sit back and watch them work Mm. I would say I've I have been through many dry seasons, um, long ones, short ones. Uh, I, I have been through all of, all of them. Um, and not every time, but sometimes what has worked for me um, in getting back to deep, heartfelt prayers um, has just been that, or when I feel like I don't have any words, um, just praising Him. Like, I will just... God, you created the entire universe. You hold it together. You are keeping gravity a thing. Like he is holding everything together. Like how vast he is and how immense and like just almighty and all powerful. It will blow your mind if you just stop and think about how small we are and how big he is and how much he still loves us. Um, 
like his eyes on the sparrow, like it is on you too. Um, as insignificant as you might feel, um, of all the people in the world, he, he loves you very, very, very much. Um, another thing that's helped my prayers is, um, I don't remember where I heard this years ago, but it's an acronym for pray, praise, start your prayer with praising him. God, I love you. Like you are amazing. You know, you created the stars and you love me. Repent and then ask and then yield. Praise, repent, ask, yield. Here my here, Here's my sin, Lord. Um, I beg your forgiveness and ask that you will grow me in this. Help me walk away from these sins. Help me in this battle. Um, and Lord, I ask that you would be with my friend. You, I, I ask that you would heal my marriage and I ask that, you know, Da, 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 da. and then just yield and Lord whatever you have for me um, I submit to your will just yield it just give it all over to him and do all of this expectantly that's one thing I forget to do sometimes I just feel like I'm just talking to him but do it expectantly like he's going to hear you and he is going to answer you in some way and it whatever way that is it's for your good your glory your or his glory your protection your growth um, and so that's helped me in the past. I've often heard that, and I've, I think it comes from teaching the Lord's Prayer because that's the model in the Lord's Prayer. I think there are a lot of families, Christian families, who have great intentions, but because they weren't raised in church or never prayed out loud as a family, that they just they don't do it. They might pray in private, but they don't pray as a family or as a group. And I would encourage and challenge people Start with the Lord's Prayer. If you've never prayed as a family, put the Lord's Prayer in front of you and pray it. And if that's all you get out, good. You just read it, mean it from your heart, and pray it. But you'll find that if you go on, if you will pray the first sentence, hallowed be your name, take a minute and just add two or three things to that. Hallowed be your name. You are holy and wonderful, and we love you. Then go to the next sentence. You know, your will be done. Father, we want your will to be done in our life and enhance on what's there. So in that way, you're teaching your family to pray together. You're teaching yourself how to pray with your heart. And you're teaching your children how to pray out loud and not be intimidated or feel weird about praying in public. Uh, I know jobs that I've had, people that, that don't know me or know anything about me, but, okay, we're going to have a luncheon. Pat, would you pray? <laughs> like, every single time. Because I'm like, what's the big deal about it? You just thank your Lord for this food. Just talk like we're talking. But I think people need to be challenged to learn how to pray out loud as a family and teach our kids to pray out loud. Pray for your friend at school who's having this trouble. Pray for your parent. Pray for me. But I think a lot of it is lacking because they're not used to praying out loud. And if they just do the P-R-A-Y, start with the Lord's Prayer because that's the model that's there that he gave us. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Make it normal. Like, you know, when you're growing up, it's not normal to pray. You don't know that your mom actually prays on her way to work every day. You know, like, so there's, it just doesn't seem normal to a right. lot of people anymore. Right. So right. I think if we do that as families, um, and just turn from the ways that we're used to and just make it normal again. Right, right. I, I'll just keep saying it. It's a beautiful thing, beautiful gift that the God has given us and is a very important 
and crucial tool that we have. Um, that it's something that even when we're by ourselves or feel alone, we have this great tool that brings us close to the God of the universe. And it's something that I will, ever since I was a little girl, how much I've loved and treasured it, I will, it's a thing that I've, I've always loved and will continue to love that I get to pray to God every single day. And so, um, as with every podcast, we hope that this is, has been an encouragement to you. Uh, we hope that it has been a tool, not the main tool. That is the word and uh, prayer and Jesus. Um, but we hope that, um, yeah, like I said, this could be an encouragement to you. As always, if you have questions or prayer requests or anything in need that you want someone to pray for you about, we would love to hear that. We would love to pray with you, with you and for you. Um, we have a great email address. Be still and grow podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, like I said, please email us. We would love to, we would love to pray for you guys. So, um, thank y'all so much for listening. We love you as always. Um, Miss Debbie, will you pray us out? Yes. Father God, we just love you and just worship your mighty name. Thank you so much for every one of these ladies around the table and just thank you that we are in a church that loves to commune with you lord i just lift up every person that's listening to this podcast lord you know who's going to press the play button and you know exactly what is happening in their lives lord just to get a second in your presence oh, what a gift and i ask that you give it to everyone lord that calls upon your name you hear our cries you promised to never forsake us and I just ask that you strengthen everyone's prayer life Lord as we continue to depend on you and we just give you all the glory no matter the yeses the noes the maybes the nows the laters we give you the glory and we praise you through it all in Jesus name amen amen, amen. thanks for listening please email us at be still and grow podcast at gmail.com with your questions, comments, ideas, and prayer requests. For more content from Gospel Community Church, check out the Training Day podcast hosted by David Sandridge. This is Catherine, Heather, and Nicole. Join us next time. We'll save you a seat. Till then, be, be still, still and grow. grow.